One, two, three, four, I'm testing. All right, yo, welcome back to ADQ's Untitled Radio Program. I'm telling y'all, I'm looking at either Theatrical Roundtable or Stage 56 with ADQ. Either one, y'all let me know what uh, works for y'all. Please welcome Mr. Beckham. And I'm not talking about daggone, um, I'm not talking about uh, Lizzie's husband in Pride and Prejudice. Miss Darth, Darth, I'm sorry, Darth. All I gotta do is just take out the earth and put a D to it. And Miss uh, Miss Carla, straight out, straight out NYC. We got the trade for NYC. How's everybody doing? Awesome. I've been better in my whole life. <laughs> I'm doing great. So, first of all, thank you all for well, thank you all for blessing me with your presence here on ADQ's Untitled Theater Program. Um, real quick, tell the real quick, everybody tell you, uh, everybody uh, tell a little something, something about yourself, ladies first. Um, so I'm I'm my name is Carla. Uh, everyone, hello. I'm currently living in New York. I've uh, been living in the U.S. for six years, and I was born and raised in Argentina. Okay, Erin. Hi, I'm Erin Durth. Um, I was born in a car in Colorado, but shortly made it to Winston-Salem, North Carolina after that. And um, I've been on the road as a traveling performer, as a nomad for the last almost 10 years until COVID stuck me back uh, in a house again in North Carolina. And that's where I am today. And you, sir? Well, my name's Dan and I was born in a hospital, um, which <laughs> I know isn't the great start to a story, but I'm afraid it doesn't get much more interesting from there. I'm a Pisces. Um, all right, Dan, save that for Tinder. All right. <laughs> well, well, you're married to a theater person, so it uh, and so it gets interesting because there's no way I think we all can agree there's no way you could be involved domestically with the theater person in any way, shape, or form without becoming the theater person yourself. That's true. That's very true. You can go into a relationship with the theater person being an accountant. You're going to become a theater person. That's that's true. I was also a professional touring actor for a while, which which helped that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's how we met. There you go. So, um, me, I'm the type of person, I love theater. I love talking about theater. I love participating in theater. Just theater is my life. Um, and one commonality that we all share is we know what it's like to produce plays. But before we before we get into that, let's talk about let's talk about our collective beginnings. I'll start. Me, um, I got bit by the theater bug when I was like seven years old. I was in Waco, North Carolina, watching plays, uh, watching plays take place. And I was like, I feel like God spoke to me. I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is like the greatest thing ever. And even now, even now to this very day, to this very day, I still get that feeling. Um, Carla, uh, how, how did it start for you? 
I think in my case, it started probably around 14, I think. I I watched a, a musical actually in that time. My One of my friends was actually, which it's funny that because now she is a therapist and I'm the person who actually does theater now <laughs> for a living. Um, she she asked me to go to a musical. Uh, they did a musical version in Argentina of the picture of Dorian Gray, which was really good. And that was one of my first times seeing live theater in my life. Because I mean, I I my fa my whole family are all doctors, lawyers, engineers. No one actually does arts. And I saw that show, and then I said couple of months later hey mom dad I, I want to study theater and then I said like a hobby no no I want to I want to do this so and then I kept studying at first I I did musical theater and I that's that's actually my my main major I did theater in Argentina and then I noticed that there's no musical theater career like in a college degree, for instance, in my country. So I decided to come here uh, as a student, and then and then I decided to keep keep doing theater here as well because I thought, oh, I like it here actually too. So why not? <laughs> why not? Aaron, same question. Um, I was three. I went to see a production of The Twelve Dancing Princesses with my grandparents. And I sat in the front row and at curtain call, one of the princesses blew me a kiss from the stage. And even though I was three, I do remember it. And um, I was leaving the theater with my grandmother that night, clutching my program and saying, I'm going to start my own theater. I'm going to have a theater when I grow up. And uh, it was... Um, it was really from that like second on. I, I lived and breathed it my entire life from then on. Um. Um. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're going. We're going to get. Wow. We just spoke into existence. Death and life in the California. Because we got our own stories. We need to get. We want to talk about that in a minute. Where did it start for you? Uh, you just broke up. Could you repeat what you just said? I'm sorry. It's all good. Uh, where did it start for you, Dan? Uh, for me, it started when I was um, I was in middle school, and I kind of was a come home and uh, kind of sit on the computer and like um, waste a lot of my evenings kind of person. And my mom kind of suggested I go out and try for theater to just do a more social experience. And it turns out theater was a great way to be a class clown like I was anyway, but then on stage. So it was like, oh, I can do this but people will watch and, uh, and applaud this kind of behavior. Wow, that seems like I'm cheating the system. And so I just kind of kept going and kept going and eventually it just became the thing I wanted to do with my life and then uh, it worked out. Nice, nice. Now, um, I just got a message saying, Adrian, I'm losing you. Can y'all hear me? Can now, yeah. Yep, we lost you for a second, but you're back. Great, technology. It's great when, technology is great when it works. Now, so um, Aaron, one thing, one thing um, about you is you, uh, you unlike a lot of people, unlike Carla, unlike myself, you come from a you sound like you come from your family, right? Um, say that one more time. You cut out again. 
I said, uh, you come from a theater family, right? Oh, no. I am the odd bird in my family. Um, my uh, my grandmother took me to see that show, and um, I think it was kind of even a rare occurrence. It was probably something they just read about in the paper. And um, I just, I'm, I'm the only person on both sides of my family that has any desire to be anywhere near a stage. <laughs> my dad and mom got into it um, because of me, kind of like what you were saying before, you know, you can't live with a theater person and not be in theater. My dad ended up becoming extremely big in the technical theater scene before he passed away in the triad. And my mom ended up being a box office manager for like 15 years. But um, no, I was, the, I was the catalyst in my family that got everybody into the arts. <laughs> And see, I know, I know that back when, back when I was living in Winston Salem, um, whenever I would go audition for a little theater play, there's dad always shine, always smiling and shining and stuff. Words of encouragement, especially when I'd be like, oh yeah, he uh, he affected a lot of us for the for the best. Yeah. Now, now, we we're all producers, you know. Kind, I'm thinking about the musical. Uh, producers. Um, I remember two years ago. I remember no, not two years ago. I'm tripping. Last year, the entire year, I um, I wrote, directed, and produced my first play that I did all that with time. Um, I put it up here in Greensboro over at Call Clue Multicultural Center, and I said, okay, the way I'm going to market it is. I am going to appear in a, in a ton of plays, tell people about it, put posters up everywhere, blast social media talking about it, and hopefully people will catch on and come through. When, when the was going on, because I actually acted in it as well, when the play was going on, I was like, eh, I know. Whatever. I don't care if two people are here. I'm going to make sure those two people enjoy the show completely, right? Lights came on, it was packed out. So I, so I would say that um, I indulged in a very aggressive marketing campaign. Uh, Carla, how do you, uh, how do you do and market the plays that you do? Sorry, I lost you for a second. Can you repeat the question? Technology, when it works. Um, can you hear me now? Yes. Great. Um, what plays have you produced? Have you gone about, you know, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear. Can you say it again? What plays have you produced and have you gone about, um, getting people seats? What, what plays have I produced? So, yeah. so, for the place I produce, I actually, I am a founder of a Latina com Latino company that I, we founded with two other guys. Uh, the name is Cuchame Tiraca, which in Argentinian slang means listen. So we started producing uh, five years ago. So we started producing Argentinian shows in New York because we noticed that there is no playwrights in our in front Argentina in New York City. There's not. We only see in. I've only seen one time another company doing a, uh, an Argentinian play, and that was only one time, and it wasn't us. So, at first we started uh, 
we started very small. We we started doing some small shows. We got uh, the support from the embassy, and it was really interesting how how to start producing when you just start. And now five years from now, how how things can how how things can changed. And at first, we have no idea about marketing. We were like, oh yeah, we're just gonna do a show. It's gonna be fun, you know, and. And now we are we've been being a little bit more aggressive this year, especially because of this pandemic. And we've been doing shows pretty much every single week. We've been doing readings, and it comes to when it comes to 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 promote the show. We've been doing very uh, on social media. We've been also. Uh, publishing on the press because we there's a lot of Hispanic newspapers in here in New York that also help a lot to promote the show so so yeah I mean at the beginning when we first produced our first show in the embassy we had a full house which was great um, and and now we've been trying to build a name ourselves in the market because since we are the only Argentinian company that's actually in New York City, we are, we've been very, I wouldn't say aggressive, but we've been assertive regarding how to do a strategy at the beginning. I would say that since we started so small, I would say that we we didn't know a lot of what we were doing. And then we, we, we hired a girl who's actually, she does our social media in our websites and we did an Instagram, we have a Facebook, and we were more aware about, okay, we need to promote ourselves. We need to do more research about Hispanic, Hispanic Facebook groups and what's the, what's the circuit going on in, in this, especially in the Hispanic, in the Hispanic community here. Cause it is a lot of, I mean, even though it's not as big as many people, they think it is, it is big. You know, you know, I'm going back off of that, see, um, see, my play, I don't get ready to put up, up in the episode. I wrote it like two, three years ago, but, can't hear me? Can't hear me now? Okay, like I said, I wrote it like two or three years ago, and, um, and I... And I um, took so long to put up because I was like, no, I can't find any actors. So, uh, yeah, shout out to you for getting this and for that. Um, why are y'all making green spaces? So, we can't hear you, and I think it's when you're moving. Um, it's all choppy and staticky. Carla's great. We hear everything she's saying. She's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I can hear you guys too. Can y'all hear me? No. Yeah. 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 I think <laughs> I think when you move it decides to to go choppy. Yes. Okay, don't keep it next to you. Oh, oh, you're choppy in general. No, I think it's it, it's your connection, I think. Probably so um but we're not going to tell these jewels. So Harry. How did Spring Theater come to be? So 2011, um, 
we, I had an entertainment company in North Carolina and we were doing a lot of different professional gigs in small venues and we were doing some corporate events and we were like sending out entertainers. A lot of the people from School of the Arts that were graduating and needed jobs um, were kind of coming and becoming carolers and singing and um, doing small shows and things like that. But I've always had a huge passion for kids in theater and um, decided to try to do a junior production um, just out of the blue and I literally didn't have a staff at all. I was the stage manager and the music director and the choreographer and the director and the marketing director and I put the program together and um, it was a lot of work. But it happened and um, we ended up performing at Theater Alliance's old, old space and uh, we sold out and it was great. Um, and it's grown from there so much that we became a nonprofit organization a few years later. We now have a great board of directors. Dan came on as artistic director two years ago and um, we just did our stats for some grants and we've had over 700 kids come through um, our stages, which is really, really cool. So um, spring's been a huge part of my life and is now a huge part of Dan's life and a lot of the youth in the community, I think. So tell me this, how do you go through, how do you go through the community? Because you know, Winston sounds like the fourth largest city in North Carolina. How do you go through the entire community and grab and tell kids, you know, get the kids to come there and say, hey, you know, there are other theaters, yes, there are other theater camps here in town to go to a How do you uh, get kids to realize that? I kind of think, and that's it's really hard. Um, it's been really, really hard to, we've been trying to branch out in terms of numbers and in terms of um, just diversifying the people that we bring in. And it, it's proving to be, it's a challenge that we're all aware of. Anyone who tries to, to, to market a theater company or anything knows this. But I think, honestly, the thing that comes back to us is, is word of mouth from the parents themselves. I think our kids get a, uh, you know, a really hands-on experience where they're, they have a social community-driven experience, but we also strive to put on really great theater. And so we really push them to to put on, you know, and treat them the way that we would treat adult actors in a, in a community theater production. So I think that, that that line between community engagement and the, the quality of the production that we're putting on is what kind of sets us apart from a lot of other places. And I think it's what gets kids to go back and it's how we get new kids because those kids don't go home, tell their parents what a great time they're having, tell their friends, and then, you know, it just trickles in more and more and we slowly build this community around ourselves. And we definitely have an encouraging environment. I think that's yeah. another big thing is like, spring, the whole name spring comes from springing that actor or that individual to the next level of their performance, no matter where they are. And, and so some mountain biking. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and so I think that that's a huge part of it is, um, it's like, a nurturing environment and we have adults in our productions as well um, a lot of times um, and each year we also do something where we take uh, original show and we tour it to retirement communities all over the triad and so a group of uh, I think we had about 30 in our cast last year but adults and kids all together um, would go into these retirement communities and perform 
um, on this little mini tour. And it was a really cool way to bridge the gap between generations. And, um, and also to, to uh, kind of innovate the way that the way that we're producing theater so that it's not just another theater. It's, it's this theater is doing something that nobody else is doing. And, and hopefully that gets a little bit of recognition and helps the marketing side of things. Yeah, and going digital has been a huge part of things as well. This year, we've really, um, as soon as our production of Children of Eden got canceled due to COVID, we put out auditions for a digital theater project, and we thought we would get maybe 25, 30 people like we were going to have in Children of Eden. We ended up getting a cast of 100 that we capped it at from all over the world um, being in this production, and we did a socially distanced film called Lock-In, and... Um, it ended up being two and a half hours and it's on IMDb and it was an awesome experience. Everyone recorded it from their phones at home and we directed it over Zoom and Dan worked them, uh, walked them through lighting and edited the entire thing. And I handled the backstage area, which was a Facebook group, our green room, so to speak. And then we wrapped production and we collapsed in a fit of absolute uh, devastating <laughs> exhaustion. So true. Well, um, well, I have not seen that film yet, but I know for reasons that Aaron knows of when um uh I'm gonna see that film, but I'm definitely gonna watch all the Christmas film. Yeah, uh, please do. Definitely. Uh and uh, I know you all know why. So um so Carly, you were talking about uh, Carly still with Yes, I'm right here. Okay. So, Carl, you were talking about um, appealing to um, his status uh, in New York. And I know that you know, and Aaron, you, you all, we all would be. One key thing, one key thing about losing is marketing. And in marketing, you have to know your audience, right? Um, me, I put, I'm gonna go back to myself again. Me, I put up time um during a month where uh people talk about where people talk about suicide awareness right and i was marketing as hey uh let's come let's talk about this very deep this very heavy topic and let's heal right and um and one thing that i know and one thing i know is when you when you market to your target audience when you know your audience and you find a way to get their attention um that's how that's how you're able to that's how you're able to generate generate interest uh does that uh does that make sense to y'all y'all been producing more than i have does that make sense it does yeah makes sense to me so give the listening audience some tips because i know people i know a lot i know a few people who produce themselves and stuff um, I remember once, I, I remember once I was supposed to be in a reading and we're getting ready to do the reading, but the theater is so empty that we will have been entertaining ourselves. What, I want marketing tips from all three of y'all. Again, ladies first, Carla. So for instance, a lot of things that happen in New York City, for at least for the Latino theater community, it, it happens, uh, a lot of connections. We we don't have a lot of theaters here that they're Latino. I think we have five most. So it is very important to 
go see go see other people's shows because sometimes we had this 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 thing that we did a show one time and uh, we did a, a small season uh, in micro theater and we had to cancel a couple of performances because at that time we didn't notice oh so this is what we have to do and what we realized that about that because sometimes you learn what the things go wrong not what the things go good because because if it's good it's like okay you move on and it's you did something right so sometimes with mistakes you learn so what we realized after that season is that at least for us in our i think hello Carla, I think um, Adrian left because it said that we're the host of the Zoom meeting now. Oh, that was like that's that's what I was. But okay. please continue. I'm 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 interested now, to know. It says it's still recording, but who's getting the recording if we're the hosts? And it, and if I don't save this, he's going to lose the entire interview. No, it's not going to us. Yeah, I don't know where is this going from. Um. Uh, <laughs> I okay. think stop this recording. Or and there's people who actually so, can work we on your we production now that wouldn't be able to before because, um, you know, time commitments, even just in driving or um, people that are just a couple hours away, and you know, obviously people that are overseas too. But I love, I love that part. It really expands the community being online. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Okay, yes. <laughs> well, hello, Adrian. <laughs> well, the good news is my Mac is working. Uh, to the yeah. listening audience, um, don't get with Cricket. Yeah, don't get with Cricket. Cricket just, anyway. <laughs> so, Adrian, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Theater Chat. Uh, it's unnamed as of now, but it's got ADQ at the helm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, Theater Chat with ADQ. Theater Chat 56 with ADQ? How about Cheater Fat? Now, no, oh, you can't say Cheater. Also, don't do 56, because if they change your time, man, then you're screwed. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> I've been thinking about 85 since I was born in 1985. I like 85. I do too. And that's never going to change. 85 was great, 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 great year. Um, so, um, the recording had paused. Carla, would you mind, would you kindly mind explaining all that again, please? I paused it after you left. Like, you should have the tail end of, um, actually, after you already left, because I it turned us into the host, and then we paused it. So you might still have it all. I'm not sure, though. I hope so. I hope yeah. so, because... I hope so, because I know that... So what? I was about to say, I hope so, because um, um, uh, y'all know y'all theater. If you in Winston-Salem, you know your theater, but also in New York, too. So what was you saying, Carla? Uh, what was I saying? Don't, you don't have to repeat it verbatim. <laughs> what was the question again? Can you remind me? Oh, wow. Uh, how? Okay, I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this. So last year, I was writing a film with a man, with, with a man who, uh, who was Mexican-American, right? You're not you're not Mexican. You're Argentinian. However, both of y'all fall up under the umbrella of Latin, of Latinx, right? He told me 
you're, you're rolling your eyes. <laughs> nah. I'm uh, it. Okay, okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't consider myself a Latin mix because I'm fair skinned, so I don't see the mix. I don't see the mix. No, no, no. <laughs> no. No, I'm talking about Latina. He's Latino, you're Latina. Yes, yes. Uh, what I was getting at is he was telling me of why, why a lot of Mexicans don't particularly indulge in the arts because in the, because the arts do not bring forth money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that is that that is a jewel from ADQ to all of you. <laughs> if you're in theater, you're not gonna make no money. You better love it. So does that same idea apply to uh, to Argentinians or anyone who is of the of the uh, Latino Latina culture uh, in, in NYC? So it is quite different uh, theater in New York it is way too different from Argentina for instance in Argentina something something that happens is that auditions are not technically even though there is open calls for instance for commercial theater there's more it's more almost like a press move not a real audition because there is a small community that always keeps working every single year and it and it's once you get in that means that probably you're never going to be auditioning again and you're just going to be being called maybe for a closed open a closed audition which is maybe 10 people but not 500 people and and it's very it's very difficult to make it in Argentina and what happens is that they teach you to actually to create your own material to gather with some friends of yours and write your own musical write your own play and do it independent in independent theater because they said if you want to make yourself known you have to create your own material so you there's a lot of people in Argentina that there's like commercial actors who do theater and then there's independent actors who do theater then they build their material and some others are actors, they're composers and they're producers. They, they pretty much do everything. Right. And what's interesting in New York, open calls too. And it changes because, yeah, I've seen, and I've got jobs as an actor just for auditioning. And I mean, for instance, what's funny that in the Latino community, you, you can have a, a lot of people who also do produce and act and compose and some others they just want to direct so it is a lot of it is very different I, I've seen that the the auditions are way too different at least from one country to the other it's completely they're completely different I I remember one time that I, I don't think I will forget this ever in my life I went to an open call uh, as a, in a musical theater production in Argentina and they just put me on the stage everybody was looking and they just asked one by one okay you just do a turn as many turns as you can and then we'll let you know if you're gonna go to the next round or not I never seen anything like that in here so it is way too different um, it is way too different from from how the auditions are here than in my country at least 
So I got a question. So I have a question for you and for Aaron and for Dan. This is going to be a difficult question, right? So I think of Argentinian theater, and guess what is the first musical that comes to my mind? Don't fight for me, Argentina. Exactly. <laughs> Now one thing that now one thing that Hollywood does that we frown upon is they take way too daggone many liberties. Eva Peron was an Argentinian woman. Madonna is white. Would would y'all have made would any of y'all have made that casting choice? Back in the day, I probably would have been too ignorant not to, you know? Uh, I think things have changed a lot. Yeah, I would absolutely not now. Um, I mean, we used to do West Side Story with all white people. We didn't think that was a problem either. But frickin', um, what's his name? Uh, 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 Lawrence Olivier played Othello in the 50s in like full on like Hollywood blackface. So like, you know, there was a whole, there's been decades of just... Learning and growing and... Yeah, of things just being way too, yeah. You know, I mean, the whole history of theater is super, especially Broadway theater in, Amer in Hollywood is so whitewashed too that like, you don't, it's really hard to, to say if, if I were a producer in, what, when, when did it come out? The, in the 80s? What, uh, what, Evita? Yeah. Evita? I think it came out in like the mid 90s. I remember the 90s so fondly. <laughs> yeah. so, so the musical, I, I can uh, musical theater geek in here. Um, so the musical opened in 1982 on the West End. And then by 1990 something, I think I was six or seven, then the movie came out with Antonio Banderas and, Man and Madonna. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, time out, time out, time out, time out. Clyde going to play. Um, so I think the movie came out like in 96. I know it came out after she, you know, did a thing in a league of their own. Uh, how old were you in the 90s? I was six. The whole year. That's amazing. <laughs> you guys, I'm 30. You're what? I'm 30 years old. Dang, you look young, yo. Thank you. <laughs> Excuse me, Adrian. 30 is not old. <laughs> I'll be 35 next Tuesday. Yeah. Happy, happy early birthday. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's my birthday present having having three great artists um, on my radio program as yet to be named. I'm really thinking about naming it Theater Roundtable with ADQ. That has a nice ring to it because that's what we're doing. We're roundtabling. I like round it. Table. Yeah. But... Huh? Did y'all, I know y'all, I know y'all heard me, right? Yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. So I asked that, so I asked that question because uh, one thing I know is, one thing I know is, you know, black, you know, black people, you know, speaking as the, speaking as the black person here, we love theater, we do theater, we're drawn to theater, I mean, shoot, we, and y'all in Winston-Salem, Black Theater Festival takes place every other year. Um, but, but, like, I know that I and a very, very small handful of black actors have stepped into spaces that weren't, you know, 
black producer or anything like that, right? And so I feel like, and so I'm like, representation, you know, like I would say Lawrence, y'all say Lawrence Olivier, I say uh, Ira Aldridge, Paul Robeson, uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, me, Adrian Dion Quarles, um, in about giving about 20 years, and I don't have Othello, <laughs> I'll be ready to do Othello. Um, so I think that I think that when producing, it's like this, it's like this, this is what I think of producing, right? Okay, so raise your hand if you've seen the movie Gone Girl. Okay, you've seen Gone Girl. Okay, then you saw Gone Girl. Um, Great movie, right? Great movie. I asked myself, did the director that cast Tyler Perry in it because he's a good actor and uh, and he saw and he saw him in Alex Cross and knows that he could work in that universe, or did he cast Tyler Perry because he knows that Tyler Perry will bring with him a certain uh, a, a large audience? That happens a lot on yeah. Broadway too, doesn't it? I mean, like race aside, I feel like, um, you know, pop stars are put into Broadway roles all the time that are maybe good or not, but like they bring with them a certain audience and fan club with them, so. And I feel, I feel that way too, Adrian. Like I feel until very recently, the, the you know, quote unquote representation that's been present in a lot of media has been there to be representation, it feels like. And it now feels like a lot of the storytellers and a lot of the people who are creating the art and are at the helm of the ship that's creating this are people of this representative culture that we, you know, used to like the Tyler Perry thing in Gone Girl. So I think that in the last six, seven, eight years, there's been a huge leap forward in the actual like stake that people have in telling their own stories and actually taking control of the art themselves rather than being just um you know put in place for or, or maybe not who knows but put in place for the for the means of representation which is really really cool yeah i mean speaking as a privileged white woman i can say that i've seen a lot of people in my circles change for real not just change for the sake of inclusion, for inclusion's sake, but like actually get it. And um, I think that the last the last few years, and this year especially, has just been really kind of beautiful in a way of um, flipping the table and starting to get the balance that's needed out there a lot more. That's why I applaud, and that's why I applaud Stained Glass Playhouse. I love Stained Glass Playhouse. And um, and I will continue to give Alvin Tindall his flowers forever and ever ever because weren't no other uh, weren't no other theaters. I mean, yeah, you have Black Rep, you have uh, the Black Theater Festival, but and there were local playwrights in Winston Salem, but well, there still is. You know, shout out to uh, James Lyons, but um, but Stained Glass, they all but Stained Glass every February they made sure to put on. Um, they made sure to put on a black play, which after talking to Greg Vogelzheimer, uh, sounds like he has a very, very, he, sound, he sounds like he has a very extensive, uh, extensive vision in terms of that, not just doing February, but we'll see about that. But yeah, pretty much, pretty much, um, black actors, white actors, uh, la uh, la la uh, Hispanic actors, 
We out here. Let's all get together and make up. You know what? Even even Native American act, uh, uh, Native American actors as well, right? I remember this is a funny story. This is a funny story. So I was in a production of Barnum, right? It was basically it's basically the theater version of The Greatest Showman, right? I put up a Facebook post saying saying yay for me uh i was the only black person in the play uh i was the only minority other than this other young other than this little girl who is half mexican right and then the leading the woman who said leading lady who's the leading lady inboxed me with a picture of her winning the miss miss indian north carolina title saying basically saying bruh i'm native american I'm I'm now I'm a minority too. So so I think at the end I think at the end of the day it's like different stories fit for different cultures, but at the end of the day, can we all get together and make great theater? We I'm should so with you, dude. And you know, I, we actually we made it last year, actually for the last two years we've really made it the cornerstone of our mission at spring to have more diversity we've always wanted it um but it's just been one of those things where we have had so many white kids come through our doors throughout the years that when you look at a picture of a spring theater show from a free a few years ago you see all the same race and it's not because we're not trying to be inclusive it's just that's like what it's been so if you're an outsider and you're not sure who we are and all we are is about you know bringing artists to their next level, no matter who they are. Um, but if you're in the outside looking in and you don't see people that look like you, you're not probably gonna be drawn to that. So we've spent the last couple of years like really trying to diversify and like, we've I, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of it. Like it's it's not as diverse as I would like it to be, but um, you know- It we're still comes with that, like we gotta hire people who, who are the artists with the voices that we wanna bring into, because at the end of the day, we're still like, the executive director and the artistic director of this theater are both like straight white people. So it's 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 hard then to be like, we want to include more of the LGBT community and we want to include more of the black community and the Hispanic community um, and, and to be able to go out and like want to tell those stories. We need to find artists who have stories to tell that speak with voices that aren't ours as well. Absolutely. Artists with stories to tell, which is exactly what you are, Carla. You are an artist with a story to tell, correct? Yeah, and it's also very interesting uh, since we're talking about being more inclusive, for instance. I think it's uh, last year, I, it was the first time um, they had a Tony Award winner actress that she did Oklahoma in a wheelchair, Ali, uh, Ali something, I, I can't remember her name. And it is very interesting to also open the door for for actors, actors and actresses that who are have disabilities. We we were about to do a project, and before this pandemic hit us, um, we were gonna do a, a, our first project that it was theater for the blind people, which was pretty much doing theater in the dark, which is more most, mostly a senses experience because it's more like smells, touch, and and taste. And it is very interesting because I think that it's very important to also include people uh, 
people people who are from different backgrounds and also if they have different disabilities because as life everybody is diff- everybody comes from different background and theater should be also the same thing it should it shouldn't be something so exclusive for just a a very certain side of people i think it should be just for everyone so ethnicities capabilities languages i think it should be inclusive for every single person i couldn't agree with you more we had an acting combat and comedy class last summer and the week before we started we got a call from a parent she was like hey um my kid has what exactly was it um uh well she walked with leg braces and she couldn't like stand up on her own oh yeah she has cerebral palsy cerebral palsy i don't know who you were talking about at first Joanna. oh sorry yeah yeah and um so we were like we've just talked through it and we're like well we have to like let her know that you know we're probably not gonna have her you know because it's a, it's a stage combat them. workshop right <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh she's Hello. alive man she was so good i mean and and she was so confident and aware of herself too that and to, to this date she's one of my favorite people that i've gotten the opportunity to work with through spring um but and it's really neat because like we were able to adapt our directing and teaching style to her and she was able to direct her and she was able to direct her energies and her onstage presence towards what she could do as opposed to what she couldn't do which is awesome so um i think that you're you're right the more that we can all be together the the better the tapestry of the theatrical arts totally. will be. right 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 so as we start the wrap as we start to wrap this up y'all giving some incredible promotional production tips and everything um i know that you all are going to do great things with your company aaron and dan i'm going to go ahead and market myself real quick aaron and dan i put out a kids uh i put out a kids play called about uh, battle of the books um last month no not last month but, but in june i have a youtube link i would like to send to y'all and um hopefully y'all can watch it and if you like it maybe we can do some business cool that sounds great. We would love I'm, to see I'm really looking forward to the y'all's Christmas movie. That Christmas movie just You gonna be you gonna out, be you know? you gonna be one of the one of the actors? So what? You gonna act in it with us? Uh that's a question for the wife, man. <laughs> <laughs> Carla, you know, there's no uh there's no time and uh space restrictions. So if you're interested, make sure you send us your stuff as well. We'd love to have you in it. Absolutely. Um, so, and so Carla, uh, and so Carla, um, dang, I hate that I didn't get to get to you for a printed Espanol, but I will, but hey, hey, now that we got Zoom, now that we got Zoom, there are all, all parameters, all limits are all. Um, my leading, my leading, my leading lady is, uh, from, is in Mexico. But anyway, what does the future hold for you? So we're, we are as a theater company, we are still doing, we're still planning to do more theater, at least in this pandemic. Uh, we will be, we are still perform, we're still going to be performing online. And then next year, hopefully when this pandemic finishes, uh, we were planning to do this this theater this this show which call, it's called Odd Man Out, which is our first experience for theater for the blind people, which we're very excited to do. So hopefully by next year, maybe March. Fingers crossed. 
maybe it will it will be a possibility to do it to do it finally. So I'm going so so I wish you the best with all of that, and yeah. I'm gonna market myself to you too. Watch a print of Espanol. You might see it. You might like it, and decide. Hey, all y'all, come meet me in New York. Let's do some business. Absolutely. But that theater for the blind, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Actually, it's gonna be in English. So. Say again. So, so it's gonna be in English. The show will be actually in English. Well, then count me out. <laughs> it will be. It's so the playwright is Argentinian, but we he wrote the show in English because he wanted to open it in New York City. And so it's gonna be a mix because we're gonna use music also in the show with live music. It's gonna be with tango. So we will, it's, it's gonna be mixed with tango, but we also wanted to, in order to people to, to experience it because it's not seeing the show because it's experiencing the show. So we decided to do it in English, so everybody could experience this this type of show. Because no, this guy this guy does this this theater for the blind people in Argentina, and it's very unique. And he said, you know what? Why not bringing it to the U.S. audiences? I think this this should be really a good idea. So it will be in English, so no one needs to we don't no needs for subtitles or anything. Beautiful, beautiful. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> anyway, so um, other than that dope Christmas movie that um, that I'm pretty that I'm like ninety nine point four percent sure that I'm going to be a part of, um, what's next for a Spring Theater? Oh, what a great question! It is. We we finished up. We did do some socially distanced summer camps um, and an online acting club. We are thinking about starting an improv troupe. Um, coming up in the fall. And then we are definitely planning the 2021 season. We have a huge retreat actually this Saturday with our board um, and all forward group. We're gonna kind of do some big future planning. Um, obviously with the pandemic, it's very up in the air as to if we're gonna be doing big musicals with audiences live or if we're going to be adapting our shows to um, six feet apart and in masks, but we will be doing something. So it's gonna be great. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. What if I'm just throwing this out there? I'm just throwing this out there. What if, um, what if you got actors from all over the world to, what if you got actors from all over the world, writers who could write a musical, come up with, come up with someone who could come up with the music. And did something like a coast to coast worldwide musical. Even call it that worldwide musical. Absolutely. I would love that. Cool. Even saying even even some people sang it in foreign languages. Absolutely. We did a uh, video a little while back where we had uh, representatives from all fifty states sing Lean on Me by Bill Withers together. See you already see you already got started. Yeah, <laughs> that's the opening number. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, so uh, last, so last question is for all three of y'all. I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and get sleep. That's if you are sleeping, cause we're theater people, we don't sleep. How can Carla, Aaron, and then Dan, how can people get in contact with you? Um, so they can um, 
I think it would be easier to just contact contact me first through social media. Uh, so my Instagram it's CP Costabile. So so it's C O S T A B as Billy, I as an idea, L as Laura, E as Edward. That's my Instagram, and and there I can also uh, show the information about the company I work for. So that has that has everything in there. Aaron. Uh, you can reach Spring Theater by going on our website at springtheater.org or Theater with a T-H-E-A-T-R-E, not T-E-R. We ain't going to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> you heard? No, no. Exactly. Um, or on social media on Facebook, we're at, at Spring Theater Org. Mm -hmm. You can find out about all of our information. If you want to be part of the Christmas movie, and I know you do, uh, you can find out more information about that there and everything else that we're getting up to. All right, yes. and anybody wants to contact me, uh, my email is adq4christ at gmail.com. My Instagram is DionChocolateGod85. Um, let's see, my my uh, Twitter, y'all gonna love this. Um, AvenueADQ underscore 85. That's right, I named it after Avenue Q. Um, and my Facebook is Adrian Dion Quarles, my full government name, A-D-R-I-A-N-D-I-O-N. Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. Please do not call CIA on me. Um, Aaron, Carla, and Dan, thank y'all very much for your time. Thank you for your patience. When my phone went out, you know, just technology is the devil. And y'all are part of history now. Y'all have been, you all have experienced the episode, the first episode of Theater Talk 85 with ADQ, I think. I don't know. We're going to come up with something. But this will also be on my podcast, ADQ's Renaissance. I think on Thursday, we will release it on, I'll put it on ADQ's Renaissance on Thursday, but this will be the first episode of Talking Theater, Stage Talk Something with ADQ. What thing that will ADQ's, be? ADQ's Stage Door. <laughs> ADQ's what? ADQ's Stage Door. Whoa, yo, ooh, hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. We're gonna do it, ADQ stage door. Thank <laughs> you, Dan. <laughs> this has been the first episode of ADQ stage door. Check out what Carla has going on. Check out what Spring Theater has going on. You gonna love Spring Theater so much that you won't want it to be summer. So. <laughs> And also, make sure to check out Aprenda Espanol, November 6th. Why is it November 6th? I'm going to tell you why it's November 6th real quick. Here's why. Because the day, because there's a, it's a large Hispanic cast in it. The day of the day is November 2nd. That's for all Hispanic cultures. Uh, no, election day is November 3rd. That's the American day of the day, but it's not a good thing. It's going to be a horrible thing. That's funny. <laughs> uh, so we'll be recuperating on the 4th and the 5th. So why not recuperate completely with some theater on the 6th? I love it. Thank you. And that's how ADQ markets. Thank y'all again for y'all time. This has been ADQ Stage Store. Everybody have a blessed, uh, blessed day. Thank you. Thanks Thank so much, Adrian.
I'm just so broke you won't believe Can't get a dollar out of me And as far as I can see I'm losing control like a bad disease I just can't get ready I've been shot down by the light post Every day I try to rise but I can't succeed Can anybody find a cure for me? You could be bitter, bitter, bitter Or you could be better, better, better When life gives you lemons Instead of champagne Don't worry with the children And don't complain Whoa, remember your golden So find some sugar cane When life gives you lemons Lemonade, 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 lemonade